listening to Young PR Pros, episode 82. Welcome to Young PR Pros, the weekly podcast for the young and young at heart PR pros looking for tips and advice on how to build and advance their careers. I am Christine Darbell in Ottawa, Canada. And I'm Julia Kent, also in Ottawa. And uh, like our previous episode, we're face-to-face. We're actually recording two shows back-to-back, so... (laughs) You now know our secrets. Yes. (laughs) It's really, really nice to be in the same room. Um, And in the room with us, we have Tara LaPointe, and you might remember her from our uh, last episode. So Tara is a dynamic marketing and communication strategist with more than 15 years of experience in the art and entertainment industry. Uh, She's currently the head of marketing communications at the Canada Council for Arts, which is Canada's national arts funder, where she leads the public relations brand and content strategy and translation team. So very busy job. Tara is also the recipient of the 40 Under 40 Award, and she's wrapping up this year as VP of Marketing Communications for IABC Ottawa. And it was recently announced that she is going to be the incoming president for the Ottawa chapter. So thank you again, Tara, for sitting down with us. Thank you. Last week, we talked a little bit about being a generalist in your role. But before you can become a generalist in a role, you need to get hired. Uh, So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we've talked about, you know, do's and don'ts when you're getting hired and when you're in uh, an interview. Not recently, though. But not recently, exactly. So I thought we should probably get back into this. Uh, We've had a lot of conversations about where the PR industry is at. But I think we should get back a little bit to some easy tips that our listeners can uh, take away today with what should you be doing uh, when you're trying to get a job in public relations and communications. Let's start. It's always fun to hear about uh, pet peeves. Uh, so we'll do we'll do a half and half. It's what nice to love? hear about what do you the hate? Negative. What do you love? What do you hate and what do you love? So let's yeah. start with what do you hate, your peeves. So Tara, First one. Take, take it away. Tell us, what are your pet peeves when someone comes in and is trying to get a job? All right, I have a few. One of the... <laughs> so my first don't is uh, don't disqualify yourself. A lot of organizations, I work in a government crown corporation, um, I worked for Alliance Atlantis, they use either your HR staff, the HR staff, or sometimes a computer is doing the first pre-screen. So if it says university education or equivalent, if you don't fill out that box, you immediately go into the recycle pile. Right. Mm -hmm. Which means that I know really highly qualified people who maybe didn't complete their university degrees, but who left the box blank who got screened out. Yeah. So don't get yourself disqualified. Fill out all the boxes because somebody who is not the hiring manager is doing a first cut. Give them the tools that they need. So okay. if you haven't finished your university degree, that's okay. Say that you just say incomplete or equivalent in years experience, but fill out all the boxes. Anything that says requirement, fill something out that says that you're making an effort to match the qualifications. Well, it's like my teachers when I was in both university and college, they told me never leave, leave a question blank. blank because mm-hmm. you can get your the wheels points for for trying (laughs) but yeah very important to fill out everything okay so my second pet peeve the cover letter lots of application processes now make the cover letter almost optional right you're filling out a form online you're filling out all the boxes you can always at least in our system you can attach a cover letter but lots of people don't no cover letter 
I'm not considering you. Really? Sorry. Really? You've got to be an A plus on all of your minimum qualifications, but the cover letter is a sales tool. You are marketing communications people. Mm, Sell yourself to me. But I have a more important pet peeve about this. So first, include one. Second, tell me why you want to work for my organization. I see so many cover letters that say, I'm a fantastic employee. I'm super smart. I'm motivated. I have this kind of experience. You, 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 you. That's great. I even want to hear about you. It's a sales piece. Give me something I can connect to. Mm -hmm. Why do you want to work for Mm -hmm. my organization? Why do you want to be a communications professional? Um, Not why you want to work for me. That's creepy. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen a few of those. (laughs) Don't stalk me on LinkedIn. That's not going to help. But why do you want to work for my organization? What affinity do you have? What are you going to bring? What passion or energy are you going to bring to my business? So make sure you say something in your cover letter Mm. about why you want to work for my organization. Do you have any examples of a really good cover letter of someone who had said this is why they wanted to work for your organization that you'd like to share that might give our audience a good idea of what they should be trying to include? I I gotta say, I started a cover letter one time um, (laughs) with, forgive me if my excitement is jumping off the page. Yeah, I Uh, love that. Yeah, you know, like I just... I was just like, this is perfect for me. I love that. And I started it that way. And then you read that and you're like, oh, I got to read this cover letter. What's she going to say? Right. So find a way to stand out. You know, you're right. Cover letters are a sales tool. Do something different. Mm -hmm. Someone's got a hundred on their desk. How are you going to stand out? I think when I applied for this job, um, I, you know, my cover letter basically said, listen, I've spent my entire career in the arts and culture. This is what I am passionate about. Working in this organization in this role would bring my career to the next level. Um, this is what I can bring from my background, and here is the opportunity that I think you know would would excite me or is the right place for me at this point in my career. Mm-hmm. So something that gives you that balance of here's what I bring and here's why I want to bring it to you. Okay. Mm. Cover letters are mandatory for Tara yeah. um, <laughs> because uh, I have not submitted a cover letter. In three of the last job applications I put in, yeah, because and gotten the jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, so um, I just I thought I thought that we were moving away from those. That they were then going to for in all these jobs they actually tested my writing after. Well, and that's what I was going to say is that the cover letter is my first opportunity to look at your writing skills. It's a and, screen, you know. I'm I'm, always, yeah. I'm a marketing communications head, and I'm hiring people that I want to have strong communication skills. Mm. Your written communication skills are really important, and mm-hmm. sadly, right now, our writing skills, as you know, generationally, are in decline. We've mm. all we've all gotten sloppy, right? Mm-hmm. We all text we all tweet and our ability to construct smart grammatically correct sentences (laughs) is a little in decline um so that's another thing in um a a cover letter it's an opportunity for you you to show that you can write smart and concise if you can't get your cover letter right well (laughs) what are you what are you showing the potential employer that you're you know if i if i can't spend enough time selling myself how am i going to be spending 
you know, the time selling you as an organization, right? So it's, yeah, I think that the spelling and making sure that everything that you're properly putting together a, a well-constructed cover letter is very important. No spelling mistakes, no grammar mistakes, and making sure that it flows nicely can really do a good job at, at selling yourself. I did have a funny experience recently of somebody who had clearly written a one-size-fits-all cover letter. So it had a cover oh. letter, which was great. <laughs> talked name, those. last name? <laughs> but it, more or less, you know, like it, my name was in the address block on it with, you know, Canada Council information, but the two name and the, I'm so excited about this experience or this opportunity in Dubai. <laughs> thought, wow, we've just cut and paste, have we? And if you're applying for jobs in Dubai, maybe this is not the right job for you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Wow. Okay. So more other pet peeves that you can think of? Like, what, what about in interviews? I don't know that I have really real pet peeves. I will say about one thing maybe before the interview, which is, do you, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this too, do you reach out to the hiring manager or not? Sorry, Sorry. in what capacity are we talking about? Obviously, you're applying through HR generally, yep. but do you send a note, do you call, do you reach out via LinkedIn to the hiring manager? Do you locate who that person is in the organization and in some way present them, present yourself to them? I unfortunately haven't had any experience where I've been hired through a hiring manager. I've always been hired directly by the boss that I was going to be working for. So in my case, of course, I would reach out to him or her before I would get the job to say, really excited to see you. I would ask questions on, is there anything that you'd like me to bring to the interview? Do you need me to bring over a portfolio? Do you need anything printed so I can put something together and, and be ready? Or, you know, just to kind of open that door. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've done that before, but I've uh, I've never actually applied for um, a job in, in government or in a larger organization that has a hiring manager. So I don't, I don't actually, I don't think I can answer that question. <laughs> so at MHPM, before I was hired there, actually the first step is you do a phone interview, an intense like hour, hour and a half phone interview with, with HR. So there wasn't really an opportunity okay. for me to go and, mm. and do that on top. And then the other times I've gotten jobs, I've been, it's been through a recruiting agency. Okay. They found me. So I don't know. Okay. So I have to say, I, I generally, I kind of like it. I think okay. it shows initiative. Okay. So if you're, you know, if you see a job posting at the Canada Council and you know that it's going to report to me, you figure that out from the org chart and you write a note by, by email saying, listen, I've applied through the regular process in our case by HR, um, but I wanted to express how excited I am about this opportunity and I wanted to send you directly my cover letter and resume or, hey, you know, we may have met at this IBC event or, you know, something that connects mm. us. I like that little flag. I think that okay. shows a huge amount of initiative. Yeah. It's also, and we can move into kind of the, the, at the interview, but it also shows that you're actually investing a bit of time in researching the organization. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're actually spending a few minutes to figure you're just out. firing off resumes. And I'm finding that uh, I, I've seen it time and time again in our generation and all generations, but the... The applying for as many jobs as possible not is, a good is strategy. not a good strategy. And if you were, you could sit and send 100 resumes if you want, but you're probably not going to get any response. Or you could spend the same amount of time and dedicate yourself to five different organizations that you know you'd want to work for, do the research, spend the time for just those five, and then, you know, you're pro there's probably a, a higher chance that you're going to get an interview. Mm -hmm. It's just like, and we were just talking about media relations before we started uh, recording, but... 
it's like sending um, a pitch to a hundred different journalists with dear first name, here's your pitch, thanks, bye. Or researching five different journalists who you know have an interest in this in this topic and then and spending their time. Him. You're probably, instead of sending a hundred emails and getting zero response, you spend the same amount of time sending five targeted emails, phone calls or whatever it is, and then you know you're going to be, you're probably going to get a reaction from it. So I think in this, it's, it's more of a qualitative and not quantitative. So don't try to hit as many organizations as possible. Just spend your time, you know, targeting. Absolutely. And further to that, in terms of taking the time and doing a bit of research and being well prepared, if you care about the interview opportunity, then spend the time preparing. These are communications jobs. So take the time to say, well, what are the communication vehicles of this organization? their website clearly. Mm -hmm. What does their website look like? What's the message that you're getting? If you were a PR person, what do you think you would be your contribution to that channel? Their Twitter feed, their Facebook page, their annual report, Mm -hmm. are any of their speeches posted online in in video format or text format? Your communications person, right? Look at the communication streams of the organization to say, what can I contribute? What are they saying? Is that fit with my style and what I want to do? I ask these questions a lot interviews and I'm always a bit stunned when people haven't really figured out what we do or what we communicate about ourselves that's not showing initiative and it's not showing fit yeah Mm. and another positive outcome to researching and and I I tell this to young professionals all the time you can sit there and send 100 resumes you want if you want and then you end up in an interview and you you know somehow get the you know get the job and then you start working and you find out that this is completely the wrong fit I can't tell you how many interviews I went to for a marketing manager and it was the job was entirely client relationship uh, database management and I'm like you've yeah. got to be kidding me I'm not playing in a database for four hours yeah. a week <laughs> like and there was it's because um, I was telling you this it was um, Ottawa's an, uh, a tech sec and it's these companies that just need lists of people right. to send things to um, but doing the research helps you figure yeah. out are you going to be a good fit for the organization? And also, is the organization going to be a good fit for you? If mm. you're not happy in your role, you know, so do that do that research. Because and, and, and I've done it too. I, w- I was offered a job at, um, you know, at a, an organization. I won't mention where it is. But I was offered a job. And then I, I did a little bit of research, sat down with the person who wanted to hire me for coffee. It wasn't eat Well, I'm sure she was using it as potentially an interview opportunity. But sat down just to kind of learn about what does the role include, almost like an informal, informational Mm-hmm. Uh, interview and I found out that a lot of it they were going to be putting me into more of a business development sales role mm-hmm. and I'm a communicator yeah. not a salesperson and some people who don't understand communications might think that's the same thing but it's different it's different <laughs> very different so if I wouldn't have taken the time to do the research and looked into the organization yeah. then who knows where I could have said yeah I'll have a new job because young professionals they'll especially if you're you know, a keener, you might get these people who come up to you and say, hey, do you want a job? And then you go through this process and you're just so excited to get a job. But it's not always the right fit. So do yeah. that. Do that research. Hold I think out, that's a great... Out. One of my other pet peeves in the interview is people who don't ask questions, right? Yeah. And this is your opportunity. <laughs> um, so... I have standard questions that I always have in the back of my head. So even if, you know, all else fails, note (laughs) these questions down and bring them with you. But what are your hiring manager priorities for 
the upcoming year. What could, if I were the successful candidate, what could I do to prepare before coming into the role? Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe your management style? My favorite one, and I actually used it to get my, my current role in CAA, my question to them was, if I do get the job, what would you want me to do in the first 90 days? Love it. That gives me a really yeah. good idea on exactly what I would be doing. If they turned around and said, well, we really need a list to be updated and we need you to go through the database and fix all like, the names and no. update all the emails, I'd be like, mm, mm. this is probably not the job that I want, right? So it's, yeah, I'll try. We went we'll, through that. We should link to those we'll posts because there's a couple we'll that, that have lists of questions to ask and they're yeah. awesome questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Even just, and, and you're right, even to have a canned because you might be in such an engaging interview and sometimes questions might just come up and it might be very easy to ask a question at the end of the interview, but sometimes you go through it and you don't have any questions, but have those questions canned in the back you of your have head. It. Have yeah. them ready that would fit for any interview. I yeah, do or have, you're nervous and you forget, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Now have some questions. I do have friends actually recently that have you know come to me and said, you know, I've got a job offer here. You know, they're going to offer me this job and no one's talked about compensation or vacation time or benefits or anything. And they're like, and I feel kind of like petty asking in the interview. And I'm like, well, you have to ask. (laughs) Not in the interview. Not in the interview. You think follow up by email? Yeah. Follow up, call, you know, if it's, if there's an HR department, call the HR person. If you feel like you're getting close to an offer and you're talking directly to a manager who's hiring you, then say, Hey, listen, you know what? This has been fantastic. I'm really excited about this opportunity that I'm exploring with you. Can we talk either now or at a later date about what the compensation package might look like, um, but not in the interview. Yeah. Well, certainly I wasn't going to say in the first, but people that are just scared. Yeah. They'll they'll accept the job before they actually find out. You have to bring it up eventually. (laughs) Well, in in my, um, in my experience, uh, I always leave it up to the person who's interviewing me. If they bring it up and they say, what are you looking at for compensation? Then they've opened the door and I can start talking about it. If they don't mention it, I don't bring it up yeah, and same. I wait and I'll bring it up. If, if they come back and say, great, we're looking at offering you the job. That's at the point where I'll say, great, I'm really interested, but can we talk about compensation and then make it clear that I'm not going to accept it before we actually, we actually have this conversation. But mm-hmm. it's, I would, I would honestly take it from the interview. If they open it up with that con with that question, Sure. I've had people who, you know, haven't actually made that great of an impression in the interview. And when we say, hey, do you have any questions or anything that we can help you understand? And <laughs> they're like, hey, say, what are you going to pay me? Say, you know, well, so what's the starting salary? <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, God, dude, you're really, you know, like you have not read me well. If you think that mm. we're out of place, that we'd to be talking, talking about salary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So what do you love? What are like your favorite things you've seen in hiring lately? Uh, so if it wasn't already clear, I love people who come prepared, (laughs) (laughs) right? I love people who come with new ideas and new energy and have, um, have found a diplomatic way to inject some of their ideas and energy into their responses. Mm -hmm. I love people who can talk about themselves in, um, in a way that says, I was accountable for this and I was responsible and I'm proud of the work balanced with, I work with other people, yeah, I'm a, I have a little player. bit player, <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough though, right? Mm-hmm. It's tough to balance because on the one hand, most of us have a huge amount of humility and everything is about the team and everything is about shared success. But then, you know, the other thing is, well, no, we actually want to hear what 
you did. Wait, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. None of it the team did. We want to hear what you did. Right. So to be able to balance and walk that fine line, I think is really important. Good follow-up. You know, mm-hmm. you had an interview. It is absolutely, um, I think, it's not a requirement, but it is really good form to send a note to the people that were in the interview panel. Yeah. And if there was more than one person on the interview panel, interview them, send a note to them all mm-hmm. saying, you know, thanks for taking the time. Yep. I yep. learned about the organization. I'm really excited. You know, whatever it is, short and sweet, but within, you know, one to two business days of yeah, the interview. Yeah, that was my next sure. question. So is it like dating? How long do you wait before you give that person a call? <laughs> one to two days. That sounds good. <laughs> the salesperson in me says, you know, in the parking lot. Yeah, I, I, it's qu- quite common that same day. Yeah. Um, and if Once not same home, day, next day. day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I, Otherwise, I it looks like you had other things on your on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you love? Uh, so, if you get the job, good preparation. Um, I had a, an employee who started with me six months ago, and I have to tell you, I have a lot of work experience, worked in a lot of places. The next time that I change jobs, which won't be anytime soon, but when it happens, I'm taking a page out of her book and how she prepared for this job. She came into this organization having looked and read and understood the annual report, some key speeches, had looked at the org charts, yeah. knew the names of all of the senior management of the organization wow. yeah. and a little bit about them. That's so kind of like she, you with TA, though. You did a lot oh of prep work. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, yeah, I did a lot of prep work, um, and I was also very fortunate. Uh, I had a, a background in, in the automotive industry, so right. I, I knew, a, I See, knew, I knew some of the senior people. I knew nothing when I joined MHPM. Yeah. It took me six months to figure out what the company did. I knew nothing. I mean... I knew as much as I could figure out, but yeah, it was an industry that was completely foreign to me. Well, and in those cases, the the whatever you can do to give yourself a leg up on helping you achieve that learning curve, the better, right? Yeah. So what took me, I'm sure, four weeks to learn the names of all of my senior colleagues and their background and what they were responsible for. My this newest employee in the span of the week knew all knew of that, yeah. right? Wow. So she really compressed um, a lot of that base learning. Mm-hmm. Still lots of learning curve, clearly. But I was just so impressed at how thoroughly prepared she was to awesome. hit the ground running. It wasn't a, I'll get the lay of land and figure it out. And over time, it was like, no, I'm here to work. And I'm here to work on day cool. one. Good that career. is super impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end the episode because I think that's a great, uh, really good advice for our, our listeners and young professionals. So thank you again for spending this time with us. And thanks, everyone, for spending this time listening to the podcast. If you have any uh, comments or ideas for future episodes, you can visit uh, us at our blog at youngprpros.ca and leave a comment there. Or catch us anywhere online on Facebook, on Google+, Plus, on, on uh, LinkedIn, on Pinterest, or on Twitter. Ask Young PR Pros, ask Christine Darbell, and ask Ken Sylvia. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next week.